All right, this week we have Garrett Bentley, Garrett Cartwright Bentley, right? Yeah. What, uh, which one do you go by? Uh, I just use Garrett Bentley or uh, Libby. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, let's clear that up off the bat. Your Instagram name is uh, often, often... Uh, butchered. Know, butchered, yeah. It's, it's supposed to be pound by pound, right? Yeah, so my coaching company is pound by pound personal training, so L-B-B-Y-L-B, and uh, everyone just goes and calls me Libby. Yeah, we were calling you Lubba Lubba in the uh, junior group chat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, why don't you get into a little bit about your history in the sport and, and how you got into it, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, so I started competing, it would have been 2013 at the Toronto Super Show. Okay. Uh, I started off actually bodybuilding, and I was getting ready to compete. At the time, bodybuilding provincials are at the same event, uh, so I think it was five weeks out, and uh, realized... I don't like it. <laughs> and uh, I, I got a message from the meet director saying that there's a powerlifting event. Come check it out. And I signed up. I think it would have been three weeks out. I signed up, and I remember training for it. And it was uh, the night before the meet. I was bored. Went to the gym and maxed out my squat, bench, and deadlift to see where I was and what I was going to be able to do the next day. Uh, needless to say, it's not the best thing to do. Um, but yeah, so that was my first meet, 2013, uh, started off classic raw, uh, and when I say classic, I mean I showed up with, with no belt, no knee sleeves, uh, no wrist straps, tried lifting and no shoes, oh, I was shit. told absolutely that I had to wear shoes, so that was, uh, that was interesting, uh, it was eye-opening to say the least. Yeah, I bet, uh, back then the Toronto Super Show, or Super Show wasn't, uh, wasn't invite only, right? It was just, you just kind of went? Yeah, so back then, because it was run by uh, uh, its own meat director, so that was first come, first serve, and I mean, it was right when power things started to get quite a bit of traction and started seeing it more online, uh, so I was able to message, get a spot right away, send my payment, and I was in. Now it's turned into a bigger event where mm-hmm. uh, typically if I had to qualify or be invited, um, it's it's changing now. I ran the event last year. Um, it was the first 25 that signed up, and then 25 based on qualifying total of Wilkes. Uh, now they've gone away from that. I'm not sure how it's going. It's back to the meet directors. Uh, they did try making it a championship, but with it being so close to Worlds, it's just it's yeah. it's tough to get international lifters to want to come, uh, and it's expensive. It's Absolutely. really an expensive event to run. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, uh, so that's, what was your body weight when you first started where you, you were obviously bodybuilding, so you were pretty lean, but, uh, what was your, your body weight when you first yeah. started powerlifting? Uh, my first meet I would have weighed in probably would have been like 107, 108. So like, okay. I didn't know the weight classes. I just showed up to lift. Uh, so I was a very, very small 120. Okay. Still a big boy though. You've always been a big boy. Uh, when I started bodybuilding, I was around 150, 160 pounds. Really? So, yeah. So over probably eight years, I got up to my heaviest for bodybuilding. I was walking around about 290, 295. Okay. Um, and tied it down to 225 and, uh, was a very small, super heavy. So you weren't always a giant? No, 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 no. Uh, always had really big ankles, really big wrists. Uh, but other than that, I was pretty small. Okay. Cause I remember when I first saw you at, uh, Calgary Nationals in 2018 like I was uh, warming up and 
I see this fucking mastodon just sitting over in the corner. I still remember it, man. You had your yeah. gray, gray Titan shirt on, fucking beard, tattoos. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy looks like a fucking biker. And I was like, he's going to he's gonna try to fucking kill me if I look wrong at him. But, uh, yeah, no, I, got, uh, I got heavy. I got heavy for nationals that year. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go back more towards that direction just because it feels a little bit better for leverages. But, uh, yeah, that national, I think I was, I competed, I would have been around like 129 kilos, 130 okay. kilos, give or take. Right on. So, uh, you're going to go back up to the 120s then? Uh, 120 plus, yeah. Oh, 120 plus, sorry, yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So, I'm walking around, I think, like 122, 123 right now. Uh, most comfortable will probably be around like 128 to 129 okay. anything over that i just start sweating looking at <laughs> stairs thinking about like tying my shoes gives me anxiety when i'm bigger than that so awesome oh, i'll get this time some of these guys man i can't even imagine like how how they live like uh for example like a guy like everybody knows like kelly he's a fucking 400 pound man and just walking around like huffing and puffing like yeah. i can't imagine how how it would you know how would how you'd live being that heavy you know like jazza like oh yeah he's just a thumb <laughs> so compact big uh no my body my body hurts thinking of getting that big <laughs> my my order hurts thinking about that <laughs> but uh so it, do you find it pretty easy to manipulate your body weight like um you were telling me when i saw you at uh, a couple days out of this year's nationals um, at six one three lifts in Ottawa, um, and you were you were lighter than me, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, but uh, but do you find it pretty easy to manipulate your body weight? And uh, I guess the piggyback to that question would be like, what's your what's your diet like? Uh, as far as like manipulating, yeah, I mean gaining weight's relatively easy. It's if you don't gain weight, eat more food. Yeah. Um, try not to get too sloppy in the process of doing that. But I mean, you get to a point where mass is just going to make you sloppy as is. Um, as far as like manipulating the weight, I do macros, so I take a flexible dieting approach. A lot of people do that now. Um, typically, I'm aiming for 240, 245 grams of protein, nothing crazy. Um, I do go pretty heavy on the carbs. Like right now, uh, it's 240 protein, 950 grams of carbs, and 110 grams of fat to get my calories into wow. go back up weight class. Uh, dieting down for nationals this year, I was around 240 250 grams of protein 500 grams of carbs and uh 80 grams of pro or uh 80 grams of fat okay give or take with the odd refeed when i needed it gotcha so do you find um because you're an equip lifter do you find when you manipulate your body do you have like multiple suits then for for each like weight yeah so as a plus i have a 46 that i've altered slightly that i like to use uh <laughs> yeah uh, at Calgary Nationals, I used a stock 44. Holy fuck. Um, but then I also track, like, the number of uses in, like, a stock suit as well, because I find after a certain point, they just get a little looser than I want. Um, so I find, like, the optimal range for a 44 at 120 was around eight uses. So the eighth session in it was where I felt the best. After that, it was kind of a diminishing return where it either didn't feel better or I started just to feel a little weaker in that suit. Um, so yeah, just mostly tracking the equipment. Bench okay. shirt is the one where I notice the biggest drop off. Um, but I use a relatively loose shirt to begin with. I think as a plus, I was in a 54. Okay. Um, as a 120 at nationals, I wore a 52. 
Gotcha. Uh, and I have a 50 low-cut Super K that I'm planning to get into now. Do you take the sleeves in much, or do you just... Do you take the sleeves in much on... Yeah, so in the 54 low-cut, I have the sleeves taken in. Uh, sorry, uh, Cam took those in for me, actually. Okay. Um, and I have a 52 Super K that I actually got from Ryan Stint, and uh, those sleeves are already taken in about an inch as well. So okay. shout out to Ryan for that bench shirt two weeks out from Nationals or three weeks out from Nationals because I blew mine out again. <laughs> Ryan's the um, best. Yeah, and I, I don't know what it is, but like I have a really bad tendency to blow up bench shirts. Oh, really? I, I've gone through probably five or six in the last year and a half that I've blown out, yeah. Do you think it's just technique, or what do you think it is? Uh, is it just the way you... I think just where they're blowing out, they're blowing out where the seam meets the back. Okay. Uh, so it could just be body type. It could just be how yeah. I'm aggressively rowing the bar to me. Your bench but, uh, uh, style might just put a lot of pressure there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, relatively weird setup for bench so i'm sure that's playing a role in it as well gotcha um yeah that's crazy because i i was trying to uh as a 120 and i was pretty light at nationals i weighed in at like 115 um i was in or 117 something like that in the middle of there um that scale was all fucked but um uh i weighed in yeah 117 about and then i was in a 48 suit and it was relatively relatively loose right like i was hitting depth in the warm-up room at uh at like 250 kilos and uh on the bar and then yesterday well since nationals i've gained probably 12 pounds and i'm like right at 120 um and my old suit's fairly snug now like it's it's much less forgiving um and this new suit i got a 46 um stock Man, I, I don't know how you get into a 44 because that 46 is fucking tight. Like, I, I was, I was like, wiggling around in it for, fuck, 10 minutes and I couldn't, couldn't get it on and, and had to hang from the bar and, and wiggle myself in and, holy shit, man, I don't know how you're getting into that suit. Is there any tricks to get into a suit or break in a suit that you, uh, you have for me? Uh, as far as breaking in, like, just get it on and wear it. Move around as much as you can. Um... Getting into it, I don't honestly do anything. Like, that 44, I can literally go grab it right now and slide it up, no slippers. Really? I can, yeah. Uh, again, like, I have to pull it pretty well, but, I mean, it, it goes on without slippers. Do, do, how big are your legs? Because you're, like, you're not a small guy, obviously. You're a fucking... Uh, my quads are around 31. Give really? Take, 31 and a bit. Okay, uh, interesting. So, I mean, average for, I think, my weight. That's crazy. Um, but, yeah, just pretty much... <laughs> Pull it right up and we're good to go. That's the wild, man. I can get on in under, like, literally under 30 seconds. Just slide it right on. It's like a singlet. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, I have aspirations to get into a 42. Jesus I, I've been Christ, one Christ man. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, when I have the 44 on and the straps are up, it's... It's it's not. But uh, I, I definitely feel like I could either alter that one and take it in or possibly squeeze into something even tighter if I really had to. Wow. Um, so <laughs> that's crazy. So, you know, you did the super show. Um, how did you find out about equip lifting and, and start doing that? Uh, so equip lifting would have been, uh, when was Saucon Days Nationals, uh, 2000, 2017, I think it was, uh, I got talking to a few people, uh, I'd seen, I mean, I've been dabbling with knee wraps and I was looking at doing a meet and wraps because I enjoyed it. Um, and then honestly, I was 
at Nationals, and I bought a squad suit there uh, on sale. It was just a squad suit. It was clearance. And I was like, oh, you know what? It's cheap enough that I'll buy one and give it a shot and see what happens. And uh, I am just obsessed with the most weight on the bar. I don't care about Wilkes. I don't care about any of that stuff. I, I just want to see the most weight on the bar lifted. Hmm. Uh, and to me, that's just an avenue to get more weight on the bar, more weight on my back. Um, if I can get 200 pounds out of a squat suit, I mean, that, that's what I want, right? Um, like, it, it feels a whole lot better bringing, like, a barbell with, like, mid-fives over your face than it does, you know, 200 kilos, yeah. right? Um, so that, that's the thing. I, I'm just chasing the most weight I can possibly do, and that's what I'm eyeing up now. Uh, like, I, I dabbled going back down to 120, and I'm not going to lift the most I can in that weight class. Mm-hmm. So as a plug, even just gaining that 20 pounds, uh, I'm going to lift substantially more, and that's that's what I'm doing it for. So there's no point hindering myself on body weight, right? Right on. Fair enough. Um, okay, cool. So uh, moving on, how did you get into um, getting your coaching business started? How did you start coaching and and um, and starting your own business uh, doing that? And that's your full-time job, right? Yeah, so I'm a strength coach out of Barrie, Ontario now, uh, with most of my athletes being online. Okay. Um, but currently, we're actually, well, not we, I'm actually opening a semi-private studio in Barrie. Okay. Um, I'll be doing more in-person stuff with my athletes as well, uh, equipping it with the proper gear we need in terms of combo racks, competition bars, plates, things like that. Uh, because some of we don't really have, once you go north of the GTA, there isn't really whole lot like there's me nick taylor we all have our own equipment but outside of that powerlifting doesn't have kind of a hub so we're looking at doing that um and see how that goes but as far as starting it uh, i actually had my company <clears throat> since 2009 okay. uh i started my company um so when i was bodybuilding i did a lot of general fitness you know weight loss weight gain i want to look better for the beach i have a wedding coming up uh, and then as I got more into bodybuilding, I started attracting a lot of bikini, figure, fitness, physique athletes, uh, which is good. It's just a lot of uh, time and patience put into those people, and it became a little overwhelming. Uh, and then when I picked up powerlifting, initially I said, I'm never going to coach powerlifting. Uh, this is something for me. I don't want to kind of muddy the water by putting money involved in it. Uh, and then I had a little bit of success in the beginning, and I had some people reach out, and I didn't know as much as I do now to be comfortable charging people. So I took on some athletes. I wasn't charging them. Uh, started releasing some free content. People used it. People liked it. And uh, I kind of took a step back and was like, well, I'm doing this to the point where I'm helping more power lifters than I am general fitness. And this, this point is a business. I need to start charging. I need to start billing. Uh, so it would have been 2014. I took on my first official powerlifting athlete. Uh, and since then, it's actually transitioned to probably 85, 90% powerlifters with 5% being general fitness and another 5% where it's bikini physique figure. Oh, cool. Yeah. And your uh, your girlfriend does some bikini too, and she just did a powerlifting meet, right? Yeah, so she did her first uh, powerlifting meet four weeks ago. It went okay. Yeah. Uh, she did on eight weeks notice, so I mean, <laughs> Short didn't prep. really have a full training cycle. Uh, I signed up for a YOLO meet after nationals just because I wasn't happy with my performance. Uh, and at the time, it was a two-day meet, so she signed up, and we would have both gone. She would have lifted on Saturday. I would have lifted Sunday. Uh, things changed, so we would have actually been lifting in the same session, same flight. 
which for her first meet, I wanted to make sure I was able to handle her and not yeah, stress sure. her myself. Uh, so I ended up doing bench only. She did three lift. Uh, she went nine for nine. Uh, no, eight for nine. She missed a bench because uh, we carried her bench on her second. So <laughs> that was that. Uh, she's actually never done bikini. She's done photo shoots. So she's been okay. contracted by clothing companies, fitness apparel, stuff like that. So we've done magazine shoots and things like that, but she's actually never stepped on stage, and uh, I hope she never does. <laughs> she gets enough attention, and uh, I don't need her to realize that she's that far out of my league and chalk uh, <laughs> <God>. uh, <laughs> <shock> me. <laughs> Fuck. A so, little bit of selfish reasons there, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, man, like, I get it. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta uh, keep her humble, right? Yeah, man, I, I don't need her getting more attention. She gets from me. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so I guess now, um, you know, let's uh, address the elephant in the room. Uh, Kelly Branton recently popped for a drug test, and uh, you're one of the the better 120s pluses in Canada, right? So um, does that make you want to go into the raw circuit a little bit more, or are you going to stay equipped? So I did a raw meet back in March and I had a pretty good day, um, but there was definitely kilos left on the platform that I didn't take. Um, so I mean, the thought of going back and doing a raw meet definitely has crossed my mind a few times, even before Kelly having a situation, um, just because, again, I want the most weight on the bar. Uh, for the foreseeable future, though, uh, I'm going to be in the equipment. I okay. uh, enjoy it more. There's more of a technical aspect to it. Um and honestly, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of people that were competing as 120s. They're going to transition to pluses just because, I mean, he's not there. The The number one guy in Canada is no longer in that weight class. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, Brad, I feel if he ever comes back, that guy's super strong. Um, Zvanovic, really, really strong guy. He lifts as an M1. Uh, I mean, phenomenal lifter. Big Mike? Uh, yep, yeah, Big Mike. He's a uh, I mean, Ryan, if he ever wants to get out of the equipment, he has a good shot in that class, too. Uh, I mean, there's always Jason Burney who comes out of nowhere. Yeah. He won't train for months. You never hear from him. Then he shows up and deadlifts 800 pounds. So, I mean, <laughs> there's been some really strong guys in that class, too. So, by no means is it going to be easy for anyone to go win it. Um, but, I mean, it's enticing not having that biggest hurdle in the way, right? Yeah. Like, you have the guy in fourth now moving up to third. The guy exactly. in fifth moves up right. So, I mean, I think something needs to happen to make that class competitive because with Kelly gone, it, it's the weight class is more or less dead unless something happens, right? Yeah. Well, like, that's the thing was like everyone would show up to nationals and be like, everyone's competing for second, right? Because Kelly's, unless he bombs, he's taking first, right? There's always that exactly. chance like at Worlds with Ray, but um, They're not wild. most likely Kelly's winning and everybody's going for second. Second's pretty much first, right? So, um <laughs> yeah, but like, but uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting the next couple, four years with uh, with his absence, um, what what the uh, the 120 plus is going to look like. Um, I'm, uh, I'm kind of intrigued for that. And it just opens the door for people now, right? Like people can, there's, there's some, a lot of strong guys that are coming up, uh, you know, young guys and uh, guys that can transition from 120 up to 120 plus, like you said. So it'll be interesting. Well, I mean, the, the, the 
two that I'd be thinking of for that would be uh, Mick Cloutier. Hope I'm not butchering his last name. Yeah. Uh, and Eric, like they both dabbled in the pluses. I think like Mick walks around at like 125, 126. Yeah. Uh, and I mean like Eric's on a small 120. Like he's yeah. he's right in the weight class. So I mean. <laughs> He could comfortably go to a plus, and exactly. both of them are, like both of them lift or take some medal in the one twenties right now. I mean, like Eric just took second at Worlds after taking gold the year before. It's so, like he's clearly a really strong guy. Yeah, let him put on an extra six kilos and just see what he can load up, right? Exactly. Uh, I mean, I think that would be really cool to see. Um, but again, it, it just depends on who shows up and who wants to lift and who really wants to win that weight class, right? Yeah, I talk to Mick actually quite often. He's actually like he's he's always nipping at uh, Eric's heels too. Like if Eric misses, then uh, Mick's right there, right? But yeah, I mean, like the one honestly, I think the one twenties are one of the more competitive classes in that like top five. There's a lot of if someone misses, you just you just miss the podium. You just missed a win, right? Yeah. Um, it's not like before, like. A few years ago, it would be Eric shows up, Eric wins, and then it's the rest of us are fighting for second and third. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, like, that was it. Eric shows up, he wins the 120s. It, it was a smaller Kelly Britton. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I talked to Mick quite often. Uh, we, we talked at uh, the Nationals after party in 2018 and just kind of became friends. But um, he, uh, I've talked to him quite often. He he thought about doing Nationals 120 plus this year. So, I mean, I could see him going up to do... Uh, yeah, I mean, it opens the door. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting, to say the least. But uh, you, uh, what's when's your next meet? You've got, um, you're obviously going to try to go to Open Worlds, right, in, in Dubai this year? Uh, so I've signed up for Commonwealth. Okay. Um, I, I just really like the event. It was my first international meet. I had a really good experience. I wanna, I wanna do it again. It's in Canada, so I mean, doing a meet on home turf kind of has some appeal to it. Um, Dubai is definitely on my radar as well. It's just a matter of with opening a new business and establishing stuff like that. If I can stand to take ten, twelve days away to get there, travel, lift, hang out, come back. Um, so I'm gonna sign up and uh, see what happens with it. Um, I mean, I'd be going as a 120 plus, so I lived as 120 national, so there's no guarantee for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know there's other people that want to change their weight classes without throwing them out of the bus and letting them know. So uh, <laughs> there's some pressure for me to go back up to 120 plus to open up a spot in the 120s. Um, so if I do go, I'll be going as a 120 plus again. I went as a 120 plus for Worlds uh, this year in Sweden. I had a good experience, so I'd, I'd like to go back and take another crack at it probably. Right on. That'd be sweet. Yeah, because you're doing junior worlds. Yeah, I'm doing junior worlds in Regina. But uh, I thought about I thought about just for fun, uh, just applying for the open worlds just for fun. Um, I don't think I would make it with an 800 kilo total, but uh, well, yeah. it depends. I mean, you're allowed two per weight class, so I know uh, Jason signed up, so he would be going as the second 120, uh, and then I would be going as the first. Um, so if either one of us didn't go, then you would have the option. I'd, I'd have to look at the bylaws, though. Yeah, I just, like, throw your hat in the ring and you get cho- chose sometime, right? So I think it'd just be cool to go to Dubai. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, I think Dubai is somewhere that I really want to travel to. Um, it's just a matter of making it work with, again, opening a new business and uh, having that business be self-sustaining by then, right? For sure. Like, um, <clears throat> my boss is... 
um, wife's parents live in Dubai, and uh, and uh, it's pretty sick. Apparently, like they've uh, they show me a bunch of pictures, and and um, yeah, it's it's got it going on for sure. It's a place I want to go one day. Yeah, I mean, you see all the photos online, and it just it looks gorgeous, right? So for sure, blows you, you away. You see all the around. You want to go rent one and have a blast, right? No tax. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, cool. So, um, every most, by now, most people have seen your, your bail video. <laughs> your, uh, yeah, when I died, when my forehead touched my nipples. <laughs> what, uh, what happened there? Like to get a, get an idea of, you know, uh, honestly, everything up to that point felt really good. Uh, I took three, I think it was 362 right before that. Uh, everything felt fine. I, I think it was just a combination of a few small things. Uh, and it, it's changed my approach. Like now if something feels off when I unrack it, I'll just take the time to re-rack it and do it. Uh, whereas before that, I had the mentality of, nope, I unracked it. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm not putting a bar down. Um, I think it was a combination of I had the belt just a little too high. Um, my breathing, I spent a little too much time taking deep breaths and honestly I went to come out of the hole and just the lights went out, I woke up and people were unwrapping my knees, taking my straps off and I had no idea where I was um, the one thing with that, like the, honestly the best thing that happened, like the set before had spotters there was no issue um, that said, I honestly don't know why there wasn't spotters um, I, I just wasn't paying attention it was, it was a weight that I had done before and I just wasn't even recognizing that I should have had people there. Um, but Cam pulling me up front of the bar. I mean, had he not done that, I, I probably would have been in a wheelchair, 100%. Was, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, uh, I've watched that video like twice. I don't watch it anymore. Yeah. I, I don't, even if someone like brings it up and they want to see it, I'll like hand them my phone so they can see it, but I don't watch it. Yeah. It was scary. It was scary, so, right? Yeah. So needless to say, that night I got home from the hospital and I uh, went on Nova Strength. There's a plug for Nova Strength and uh, bought their squat blocks. So they're rated for a thousand pounds each and put those in my basement. <laughs> kind of like Blaine has. Yeah, they're the 120 version of what Blaine has. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, he's got the pack a punched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's a little more industrial. Yeah. Um, so the reason why I brought that up was I want to know what it's like getting back under the bar the next session or. The next time you're in your gear, what was the um, the mental hurdle and uh, kind of the process you had to go through to get back under the bar and, and start being comfortable and and uh, and that kind of stuff? Uh, so pretty much the way it happened, that happened on uh, that would have been Friday, Saturday. That happened on Saturday. Um, so that actually happened to be able to know Ontario. That happened in Scarborough and. Uh, for some reason, no one stopped me from driving. I drove myself an hour and a half to the hospital. Holy fuck! Yeah, I, again, the whole that whole Jesus thing is just Christ, um, man. Bad idea. Um, and I remember driving to the hospital. I was like, I want ice cream. I stopped for ice cream, and uh, I went to get out of the car, and it, it felt like I had cracked my sternum. And that's when I was like, Holy shit! Some, something's wrong. Um, so for th- three, four weeks. Um, I could squat with relatively no pain without being in gear. I couldn't bench. My, my chest physically hurt too much to unwrap the bar. Um, 
so I worked with Derek McPherson, my physio, and uh, Tamara Barber, the massage therapist I was using at the time, just to kind of get things where they needed to be and things aligned. So I think I was back in gear four weeks after. Wow. Um, and I think I squatted like three, it would have been like 335, 340 for double. Um, and really that, that was kind of the approach was I just told myself, like, I need to get under the bar. I need to know that I can squat. I mean, like, I've done the weight before. I know it's there. I can definitely do this. Um, and just kind of sack up. Like, I set the safeties. I made sure I had spotters. I took every precaution I could to make sure if anything did go wrong, I'd be safe. And uh, loaded it up, and then that was it. Then I signed up for uh, meet three weeks, four weeks after that. Uh, yeah, so I signed up for centrals, and I think I took three, three sixty-five as a second, um, and then I passed on my third. The goal was to load up the same weight that I no. died with, rematch, and uh, get a little redemption. Um, the meet, there was a few lifters in that flight that uh, scratched their second and thirds. Gotcha. So it turned into like a six-man flight, and it was it was too fast for how fat I am. Yeah, I, I was sweating too wrapping much. your knees and everything. Yeah, there was, there was too much. It was like. Had it been raw, it wouldn't have been an issue. Um, just managing the equipment and managing your time. There wasn't enough time, so I, I didn't get a chance at that. Um, and then at Worlds was the meet after that. I loaded up 372, and that moved fine. Um, 377 would have been a bit of a reach. Uh, and 375, I was like, well, that number doesn't exist to me anymore. So <laughs> you, will never, you will never see me load 375 on anything, no matter what. It'll be 372 or 377. Really? The numbers dead to me. It's like uh, it's like uh, hotels fucking not doing the thirteenth floor. <laughs> well, that's like uh, for bench. I missed three meets in a row. I think I missed a two hundred kilo bench, and it was the most frustrating thing in the world. Um, and then I just said, you know what, two hundred doesn't exist. Two hundred two is the logical jump now. Hmm. And then it, it's gone both times. So that's that's my system. Just erase the number from your mind. Doesn't happen. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> And I guess, like, the the logical question would be, did you get your ice cream, or did you just get back in the car and go to the hospital? Uh, I got a soft-serve small from McDonald's. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> You're like, my, uh, my, stern- <laughs> my sternum's cracked, but uh, I'm here, so I might as well get the yeah, ice cream. That's the main concern. I gotta make sure I keep the weight up, right? That's right. Jesus Christ. That's hilarious, man. <laughs> I'm gonna act like a 120 plus at all times. That's it. You know, you like... You're on the you're on death's door, but it's like I gotta get these calories in. Yeah, I, I mean I can't lose weight. In case I survive, I need to be able to lift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck. That's, that's my mindset. Man. That's badass, man. Um, cool. <laughs> I guess uh, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> that's kind of fucking crazy. I, ice cream is ice cream. Yeah, ice cream. You scream. We all scream for ice cream, right? Um, <laughs> fuck. So Commonwealth is next, then potentially Worlds. Um, are you? You're obviously going to do Nationals next year, then. Yeah, yeah, Nationals is definitely on my radar. Um, I've been toying with the idea of if I don't do Worlds, maybe jump into Provincials and just do a raw meet for the hell of it as a plus again. Okay. Um, but again, that would just be like short notice, no real training. So I would just show up and have fun because I like Provincials. Um, but Nationals will definitely happen uh it'll be an equipment it'll be as a plus so i'll get to go and just i i, I want to load up 400 kilos i think that's just a milestone i need to check off before yeah. i'm done in the gear um 
So maybe Nashville is where I get a chance to load it up, maybe Commonwealth, but somewhere between now and then, 400 kilos to get loaded. Right on. Uh, do you see yourself retiring anytime soon, or you just want to get that number done? Uh, I mean, that's a number I want to get done. Okay. Uh, I'm starting to develop some nagging, kind of like my hip bugs me a little bit, my one knee is a little wonky, and that's one of the reasons I stay more in the gear now. Yeah. My hip feel better. Uh, like that last raw meet I did, I squatted 330 in sleeves, and uh, I couldn't squat for six weeks after that. Holy shit. It was just leading up to that, squatting 700 pounds raw for a few weeks in a row to acclimate to the load. Uh, it just, it I sold my soul for that raw squat. So <laughs> I, the gear's holding me together right now. Um, if that changes, then who knows? Uh, obviously, thinking long term, maybe few more years and then dial it back and try to just enjoy the sport and treat it more like a hobby and not trying to get to worlds every year. Yeah. Um, and just focus on the business aspect. I really do enjoy the coaching aspect. Um, I have the opportunity to work with a lot of, uh, really good new lifters and help kind of develop them and leave a bit of a coaching fingerprint on them and the style of training they take. So I'm enjoying that process and I could definitely see myself transitioning more to just full-time coaching down the line. Cool. You're coaching, uh, Dylan, right? Um, Modolovan or however you say his name? I've been for uh, Worlds. Um, he, he started his prep broken, which kind of sucks. Yeah. And uh, that f- was, again, that was a raw lift. So key takeaway, don't lift raw. That's it. Um, yeah, I want to say it was a YOLO conventional deadlift was what the issue was. Um, so we've just been taking our time, lots of communication. Uh, he's a smart kid, so using common sense and We've got him into his shirt now. We'll be easing him into his deadlift suit soon, and uh, we'll just take it day by day and keep him injury-free. That's the goal. He's young, right? So we don't need to snap his shit up now for one meet. we got to think kind of big picture and keep yeah. him a little healthier, right? Play the long game. Um, do, you know Tan- cool. do you know Tanner Bratton? He's from – or Brayton. Yeah. He's a 120-plus. He's from BC. But I remember when I was talking to him, and I had, like, when I first started powerlifting, I had – I think I was still a sub junior. I just got turned into a junior, um, but I was talking about all these like ridiculously ambitious numbers, and I wanted them all now. And you know, just being a junior, and I've kind of learned uh, a little bit since then. But um, he said, what do you think six months is going to be two years." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I have these like junior progressions, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Tanner was like, you know, you know what happens to strong juniors? They break and. Uh, if you're not, you know, taking your foot off the gas sometimes, and and that really stuck with me, and uh, because I've I've had the odd hump and bump uh, with you know injuries and stuff, but yeah, just learning how to to dial it back and uh, and save yourself from yourself is oftentimes the the biggest thing in powerlifting I've found. No, I agree. I mean, you see it all the time. People come up from juniors, they do one meet as an open, and then they disappear forever. It's Either their ambitions were bigger than they actually are uh, in terms of they think they're going to be competitive going right into the open, which in most cases is not going to happen, uh, especially with the sport growing. I mean, you have so many juniors, so many sub-juniors. By the time they get to the open, they're already burnt out. Their, yeah. their training age is already exceeded where most open lifters are, right? Um, so I think that's part of the problem is just being way too ambitious way too early and not spacing things out accordingly. Yeah, I think it's almost a good idea because I like I plan on being in the game a long time, but I think it's almost a good idea 
I've been thinking about stuff like this, like almost to like when I turn open, take a few years off and just let my body restore and then come back, you know, like keep training, obviously, but don't uh, push it so hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like don't push it to the max like I do now. Um, and just yeah, take, like, I would almost go the other way where like right now would be when you're the least specific, like no offense to juniors, but people want to win open world championships. Yeah. Like championships are cool, but people want to win open world championships. Like you want to go to raw worlds, you want to go to open worlds and that's where you want to win your championships. Right. Um, so I would almost argue that like the time in juniors is spent doing more general work than anything like still training still lift specifically but this is where that general kind of acclimation period would happen and then as you transition to an open you take that very broad scope you develop and you fine-tune it right interesting that's yeah yeah I never thought you, like, the approach if, if that's how you're looking at it I, I would invert it and go that route personally but okay yeah yeah that's no that makes sense right like making sure like it's kind of like um you're you're building the framework, right? Yeah, you're laying you're laying the foundation. Yeah, big uh, big, big, big foundation. Big foundation, big house, right? Yeah. That's uh, that makes sense. I'm gonna keep that in mind. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's uh, that's interesting. Do who who like who were your um, kind of like um, people you looked up to in the sport when you first started getting into it and uh, and. How- <laughs> and how did you uh how did you kind of make your way to where you are just just you know just uh is it just how it went or like the natural it's progressions where I am now or yeah 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 exactly like uh honestly like i like well answering the first question um i i definitely looked up like someone like kelly uh i definitely looked up to i mean Seeing someone put that much weight on a bar was just really, really impressive to me. Uh, Ron Strong, was mm-hmm. a really like, really, I'm a really big fan of Ron. Uh, <laughs> Who's not? He's a stud. Ah oh, man, he's he's <laughs> a beautiful soul. He's such a stud. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it, it was the guys that were dominating the opening can. I, I didn't have an appreciation for international lifting at that point when I started. Uh, I mean, like, my biggest exposure at that point was Ontario Provincials, and it was. The Kelly Grant show, he showed up and lifted all the weights. I mean, <laughs> that, that to me was the most impressive thing. Um, in terms of where I ended up, like, I honestly jumped into this just for the hell of it. Um, I mean, like, I did my first year, I think I did five meets just back to back to back to back. And I, I just enjoyed it. Um, I had a crazy high training frequency that style back now. Um, and it, it's just taking a more like slow, long term approach, but. Now I'm a little more selective with the meets I'm doing. I'm not just doing meets for the sake of doing them. Um, I'm trying to give myself more time, put more weight on the bar. And every time I show up, I want to put more weight on the bar. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want, like, the last three meets, it's been within five kilos of one total. And it, it's just the most frustrating thing in the world. Uh, so taking a step back and really just allowing myself to add kilos on the bar every time I come back now is kind of what I'm looking at. Fair enough. Um, with these open championships and like world championships and these high level meets, like it's, it well, it's interesting how, you know, we get into powerlifting, it's more of a hobby and then it's slowly like, it's like a fungus that like kind of consumes the whole loaf of bread. Like how, uh, 
how most people get into it and they're just like looking for something to do, like fill their time. And, and then it slowly becomes this thing where it's like, becomes your life, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm definitely, I fall in that category where I mean, like a majority of my business is built around this. Everything I do outside of the gym is contributing to this. Like how I'm tracking my food, what I'm doing outside of the gym. Like Sweet. I'm not going and playing baseball anymore because I can't get the injury or, you know, I, I have these tendonitis issues that flare up. So yeah. it's definitely kind of become a little more all or nothing for me in terms of the sport itself. It's not a hobby anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It just, it, it definitely takes over. And I see it with a lot of the athletes I work with. Um, and for a lot of them, like a lot of them haven't been to nationals yet. So I tell them like, just enjoy this time, enjoy the process. Don't worry about winning nationals yet. Don't worry about records. Like, don't cut weight for these meets. You don't need to. I like, just go enjoy the process and just enjoy the sport while you can. Uh, it, it's going to take over soon enough. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much what happens. Yeah. Like my mom, I used to play hockey. That was my thing when I was younger. Played hockey for 13 years. And my mom was like, I still have all my gear and stuff. And she's like, oh, you should, you know, you should go play uh, beer league and stuff like that for fun. Like, I'd like to go watch you play hockey again. I'm like, why the fuck would I go play beer league hockey when I'm prepping for a world championship, you know? Like, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she, uh, people, like, I find a lot of people who are kind of, like, more civilians, if you will, they don't really understand, like, this is, uh, this is more than, I had this conversation with a friend of mine at the gym the other day because I had, uh, my, my leg's been bugging me, uh, a little bit with, uh, with squatting, especially raw squatting. I had this pain like deep into my adductor kind of area and uh and my back was kind of tweaky just from it was the first time it squatted in in suit bottom so my back wasn't used to it and my SI joint was kind of tweaking but um he saw me like limping around and he's like you dude you're 20 years old like what are you doing to your body <laughs> and uh he's like you're going to be sorry when you're older man and I was like yeah, you know what, you're right, you're, prob you're probably right, I will be sorry, but it's like, it's such an addiction right now, and it's just like, it's like, what do you do, it's like, you love this thing so much, right, and it's... You have blinders on, you're not looking long term, you're yeah. not looking a year, two years in line, you're looking the next me, the yeah. next me, that's yeah. what you're thinking. Yeah, and it's like, you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna be sorry later, but when's later, like... I'm not, I'm not in later. Right. And you're also thinking, <laughs> and you're also thinking like, he's like, you know, if I stop powerlifting, like, am I going to be happy? Like what's, what's he's like, he said, basically your quality of life is going to be so bad in 20 years. You're not going to be happy. And I'm like, well, if I stop powerlifting, my quality of life is going to be shitty now. And I'm going to be fucking, I'm not going to be able to do what I love. Right. So like such a moral dilemma. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it, it's definitely good to have interest outside of the sport itself, trying to diversify yourself as much as you can. Um, but I mean, like people have it like where a lot of people have that all or nothing mentality, um, from a mental health perspective and just like thinking long-term, like definitely have things outside of the sport. Like you should go hang out with your family. You should go hang out with your girlfriend, like walk your dog, go for a bike ride, do something where the sport isn't 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, but say that and I'm the worst for it. like I stopped playing baseball because the pain I was getting in my elbows was affecting my squat and like I love baseball I play baseball all the time and I, I stopped um and you, you see that with a lot of people and like the main thing is just remember like 
you're not going to do this forever. Enjoy it while you're in it. Make the memories while you're here. And then move on. Like, when, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. Yeah. Like, I... I, uh, I, I, I mean... I don't want to lie and say I'll never be lifting as a Masters, but there's a good chance by the time I get to Masters, I won't be lifting. Yeah. I'll, I'll work out, I'll train, I'll exercise, but, I mean, I don't I don't want to be an M1 watching my total go down yeah. every meet I do. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's just how my mind works. It's how I approach it. That's how I feel about it. Uh, so, like, I, I have that commitment where I'm more invested now, get the weight on the bar now, and, uh, when it's my time to step out of the sport, it's my time to step out. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, I uh, there's this one uh, quote. Ray Williams said it, uh, and basically he said, you know, he was saying to Kelly on his post, he was saying, um, you know, brother, uh, you know as well as as well as I do that powerlifting was here before us and it'll be here after us, right? And you're just, uh, it was, it was, dude. You know, it was obviously intended towards his situation, but it's it's very applicable to everything, right? Like, um, you know, the sport's going to be here after you like it was before you. Like, you're just part of the, you know, you're just a leaf going down the river, you know? Watching the fan. That's it. Um, but, yeah, I uh, it's an interesting, an interesting thought um, thinking about those kind of things because it's like, it's like your life, right? And then, like, what do you do once you're... You know, once you have no life, you got to find a new life, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's like you see a lot of people like when they retire, they they have all this time that they're not used to filling. They don't know what to do with themselves. Like they literally just go stir crazy, and and that's when you get like those annoying grandparents that aren't doing anything anymore. <laughs> it's not that they're trying to be annoying; they're just bored. Like they don't have anything to fill that void. Um, so definitely having something helps, like developing and another hobby or another passion is definitely something everyone should be looking at or looking into at least right do you listen to uh uh jocko willink at all do you know who that is i know who it is um i i, I don't buy into uh <laughs> a, same with like goggins and those guys like i get it i understand why they sell as many copies as they do gonna be hard bro <laughs> yeah i mean that, i just I, I personally don't buy into it Fair enough. Um, I think we have predisposition to our mentality towards those things, but if people think they can teach it and teach those habits, then great. Uh, but I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He he's got a he's got basically a little thing. It's like an excerpt video from his podcast. He's like, you know, these guys get out of the military and it's all they know, and it's like it's kind of the same situation that we face at some point. It's like you have to find a new mission, right? You have to find uh, a new purpose in life, right? So, yeah, I think mine's gonna be probably like fishing and hunting, but we'll see once I once I once I cross that bridge. But uh, yeah, is there any uh, any other any other thoughts you had or anything else you want to talk about? Uh, that's about all I got on my notes here. Well, I mean, if we've gone through your notes, I think we're we're pretty good. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Th- yeah. Do you want to plug your your business or any sponsors you have or anything like that? Sure. Uh, so I'm sponsored by a supplement store, Boss Supplements. Uh, they're located all over Ontario. They are now in, was in Newfoundland and expanding to some other places in Canada as well. Uh, they've done a great job taking care of me and Laura, so I want to thank them specifically. Um, my company, Pound by Pound Coaching, obviously we do online programming, we do in person, and we do semi-private coaching as well. Uh, 
you can reach out to me at my Instagram, pound by pound Garrett, or pound by pound coaching. Uh, email pound by pound Garrett at gmail.com. Sweet. Easy to find. And get one of his new pound by pound hats that are new on the uh, market. Uh, this is one of the old ones. New ones come out in August. I'll make sure to mail you one, buddy. Oh, sick. That'd be wicked, man. Yeah, so we have new hats and uh, some competition shirts as well. Deadly. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on here and shoot the shit with me. Thanks for having me, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Well, uh, I'm not sure when I'll see you next. I guess it'll be in, in Manitoba at Nationals, so... Uh... I'm sure we'll talk between now and then. Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll uh, DM each other, but uh, yeah. Cool, man. Thanks for coming on. Sounds good, buddy. Stay safe. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Cool. Well, that was uh, Garrett Bentley. Um, really strong guy. Cool guy. Uh, he doesn't look like he sounds. He he looks terrifying, but I assure you, he's one of the nicest guys ever. Um, so yeah, that was a cool podcast. Good good chat with him. And uh, this weekend, the day this podcast comes out will be Sunday, and Sunday I will be um, I will be lifting at BC Provincials, just doing bench only to qualify for our Canadian Nationals. And I will be coaching two people. One guy on uh, on Saturday, his name's Jaden, really strong guy from um, Kitimat. And I'll be coaching him on Saturday to a gold medal and hopefully a provincial record bench press of 205.5 kilos. He's a crazy strong bencher, strong kid, and uh, looking forward to coaching him and working with him. And then another lifter named Kenny Mann. I'll be coaching Kenny um on sunday after i bench and uh hopefully getting a pr total for him and working with them will be will be good i'm looking forward to to work with those guys so if they're listening shout out to you guys and uh again as always thanks for listening and uh please like share and subscribe to the podcast thanks guys stay strong